Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of The Infertile Diagnosis. I'm your host, Monica Cox, along with Sarah Clark, and we're here to support, inspire, and educate those who are all consumed with the label of infertility. We totally know how you're feeling. Both Sarah and I were diagnosed with a form of infertility before we hit our 30s. We let the fertility experts dictate our past and ignored what our bodies were trying to tell us for far too long. So here we are, helping you take control of your infertile diagnosis. It's Friday! Yay to some people. I hope you've had a beautiful week and you have something amazing lined up this weekend. Um, this is part two of this like kind of special edition of the infertile diagnosis this week. Um, last week we talked about like health coaching, ups and downs of working with different people and our experiences and at the end we started getting into why people go straight to the IVF clinics instead of trying to improve their situation before they go to an IVF clinic. Like me and Sarah, we are the perfect examples of not listening to our bodies and just jumping right in to medical assistance, which, um, you know, the outcomes of our stories would have been completely different if we would have just taken a step back and, you know, thought about what was going on. And maybe there is quite a lot of people out there feeling the same way. And this is one of the main reasons I started working one-on-one with clients and now have created the Fertility Reconnect course to help people really hone in on the underlining root cause of their infertility and you know maximize their chances of using IVF or even if you give it some time and be a little bit patient get pregnant naturally so registration closes in three days on the 15th so if you are ready to make some big changes and take those steps to reconnect your fertility um, you've got three days to make up your mind and if you are like oh i want to do this but i can't commit right now um like i said before i'll be running the course two more times in 2020 Um, may and september are going to be our official start months so you can keep an eye out for that and obviously there is loads of free information over on the website which is mymindfulme.com so make sure you head over there and obviously this podcast is here to support you my instagram over at fertility reconnect my youtube channel which is fertility reconnect and i am on tiktok as well making some pretty funny ass videos so if you're on there you can follow along at fertility reconnect again so without further ado let's get to part two we are going to get right up on our soapboxes we um sarah and i record these like three at a time um we get together like once or twice a month and do this and 
last time we talked about coaching and the pitfalls, the up and down, what you need to do, you know, like you have a lot of power during coaching and we started getting into uh, why people don't fucking do it. Like why people don't um, do the diet and lifestyle because in our time, it wasn't out there. Like we didn't have the resources that you guys do now. Um, even just us two alone, um, I feel like there's a handful of um, podcasts and blogs that you can go to and do it. You wouldn't have to pay a fucking cent, right? To anyone, you can get pregnant. And I would say for the majority of people, naturally by implementing the right things. But we're humans. and we live in a really fucked up society. So we need support. We need that coaching. I know I needed it. I could not have done it on my own. I needed the accountability. And um, <laughs> yeah, we're still all just running to the fucking IVF clinics. We did, right? We're not like shaming anyone. We're not saying, you know, this is not a judgment because we did it. But now we woke up. I love how you say that on your podcast. I just want you to wake up. It's like, yeah, fuck, man, just wake up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we're, we're all like, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a part of society that is waking up, like with climate change and all, all these other things that are going on. People are waking up, going no more. Like, like once you discover this sort of stuff, you you can't you can't look away. And, and some of the, obviously some of these changes can be difficult or other people, everyone would be doing them, right? That's why when you, when you, you do these changes, your whole circle of friends, everyone around you is like, what the heck is she doing? And they get pissed off. It's because it's kind of like, oh, maybe I should do that, but it's too scary. But to me, if you're listening to this podcast, like if you're, if you could have, if you're, if you could have done it by yourself, you already would have done it. Mm -hmm. Like you already would have done it. So that's why bring on someone to help you. And really to me, IVF, it's, it's there as a, as a last, a last step. But if you can get pregnant naturally by making these changes and impact your health, your children's health, you know, your pregnancy, what, why are we going over there and spending? And we see, we see the people, we see the fallout of this people coming to us like three, four, five failed cycles. In, in a very, very bad place emotionally um, when, when they didn't, that didn't need to be the case. Yeah. There could have been other stuff that they could have done to avoid all that, that freaking horrible pain. And then even with multiples and all that, all the stress with the pregnancies with that, like a whole bunch of stuff that this industry I think has created and look, both of us benefited from the industry, but if I had known about this other stuff, I would have done it differently. Yeah. Yeah. I spent um, the first four months of my second son, which was a natural pregnancy, really pissed off. Like, and I mean, really, really mad that I didn't have to go through what I went through. I mean, you're talking fucking like, you know, almost six years of never seeing a positive pregnancy yeah. test. Um, and then two failed IVF cycles, especially after my second one, doing loads of diet changes, you know, went paleo and it's still not working in receiving a pregnant, you know, a positive pregnancy test. Um, I got the evidence to show that my diet and lifestyle changes mattered. I went from having no viable embryos. They look fragmented. They were shit to five healthy ones. Mm. Um, and 
it's insane that we are we have this knowledge now right we have this knowledge it's like scientifically proven that diet and lifestyle changes matter and yet a large portion of us still aren't fucking doing it or doing it kind of half ass and seeing if it kind of works and then going you know like yeah just straight to the clinic still i mean I talk to women all the time and um, some of them are like, I've only been trying for a few years, but yet I've done two or three IVF cycles. And I'm like, what the fuck? How do you get there so quickly? And they're like, you know, I have one and she listens to this podcast. So hello. Um, That was tracking her cycles at home. Noticed that there was an issue, went to the doctors and they sent her straight to the clinic. And I'm just like, man, like to me, you don't even have major health issues. You don't even have major necessarily infertility issues. Like you're a very clean cut case of how if you just work on your stress levels and improve your diet, give it time, be patient. Because I think that's the issue with most of this community um, is that we are impatient and every month is another month gone. You know, um, it is, it's um, almost valued, right? In that way, like a fertility journey, your currency is time. And I don't know if it's um, what, I mean, obviously it's every month you're seeing it tick by, but then you have this, you know, the society pressure, especially because a lot of us are waiting until our late twenties or our mid thirties to have kids. And then all of a sudden it's like, shit, I'm in my forties and, you know, I'm not pregnant yet. Yeah, I think it's two things. It's yeah, the patience where I am, I'm a very, that's my, my, my trigger and my pattern is to be impatient and bang the head and go, why isn't this working? So that's what I have constantly through my life been working on. So the patience, so we are impatient. So, and if the technology is there, why don't we go and use it? Mm -hmm. But that's like, it's there for a small percentage of us need, need it. Yeah. If you've got blocked tubes, that are permanently blocked. That's why it was developed to help block, block fallopian tubes. But now we've got all these other people with different diagnoses and going to donor eggs. And you know, we work with a lot of people with the low AMH and the premature ovarian failure and the low ovarian reserve and unexplained as well and autoimmune. But it and like, why are we going over there first? And a lot of the times for low ovarian reserve, they they're being told, you know, nothing, nothing will work. Yeah, yeah, nothing's going to work. It's an advanced maternal age. But then you've got a 30-year-old who has low AMH. And we're seeing this more and more and more because of our standard des- you know, Western diet and lifestyle of this going on. So to me, the patient's piece, but if, you, and if, so there's an impact on the, the females, the, on, on the female's body from all the hormones that they're taking and studies linking that to cancer. And also, um, on the child too, studies linking that to other health issues for the children. Mm-hmm. Um, like why, why is, why is that the first st- step? I don't understand. Like it, it's, it is kind of baffling, but um, and I think it, and a lot of it is, is that we put this trust in doctors. They have the, you know, the white coat, they know better. And, you know, that's why to have that team because and it's not excluding your RE or your OBGYN. It's not excluding the doctors, but it's not only going to them. It's not just running straight to them. There's other things we can do. And they're not an expert. 
I don't think I've met an RE that's been trained in the, in the functional approach. So they're not an expert on diet, on environmental toxins, on gut infections, the mental emotional side of this. Some clinics are bringing in, um, you know, mindfulness and mental mental emotional um, things. Other clinics are bringing in natural paths. And I think if, unless your natural path is trained in the functional approach, yeah. I've been to a lot of natural paths before. Um, some of them can be, if they're trained in the functional approach, they're they're great. To me, if they're not trained in the functional approach, it's not a very targeted approach. And we see a lot of people come to us, bags of supplements, like, re, like reams of supplements, making all these changes, and they haven't even done any of the diet changes. They're like, yeah. well, maybe I took out sugar. You haven't even done an elimination diet. You haven't, they're, they're, they're partially gluten-free. Well, if you have a high gluten, a gluten sensitivity, like non-gluten, not non-celiac gluten sensitivity, that like, that'll be a huge factor as to why potentially you can't conceive. We have people just doing that and getting pregnant. Yeah. So I think it's to be able to, um, and it's hard, right? As someone who's impatient, I, I completely yeah. get this because this is me. Um, but I didn't have this information. I didn't know the impact on my health, my children's health. Um, to me, it'll be there, but pause this thing for six months, dig into why and really it, like it, it's life-changing. This stuff is life-changing when you're able to, to, you know, to really address these health issues. A hundred percent. I mean, it's the time and patience. And um, I don't know why I, we didn't do this on purpose, but um, it took us three years to even go to do an IVF round. And then um, when that failed and we decided to change in diet, we took a really long time. I want to say almost a year before we went and did another IVF round. We changed clinics um, and we put in the work, as much work as we knew best at that time. And when that failed, I took another eight months before I went and did a frozen embryo transfer. Like I just didn't jump into things um, because I went AIP and I was like, okay. And maybe it was like timing with my husband's work. I don't know why. I mean, my husband is like someone you would think he smokes weed because he just like super relaxed. Maybe I was letting him guide it. I'm not sure, but I'm so grateful that I wasn't in charge because <laughs> I think I would have just done back to back to back to IVFs and it would have never fucking worked for me yeah. ever. I mean, I know some people have success with back to back IVFs and it's a numbers game and maybe they don't have that deep underlining issue like I did. And so it works, but for me, it just never, ever would have worked. And um, obviously getting pregnant with my first son and, you know, really being on the autoimmune paleo diet like i was so fucking strict maybe a little bit obsessive because i was so petrified i didn't have the knowledge um that if i had one piece of you know like like bolognese or something that i wouldn't miscarry right it doesn't work like that but in my head that's how it was like i was so petrified and so i think that just gave my body time to do the necessarily healing that it needed to do. And then that's, you know, um, I mean, I had that miscarriage with our last frozen embryo transfer. And to my knowledge and my understanding, those embryos just weren't good enough. My body was healthy enough, you know, and I was even doing immune suppression drugs with that. So if they were viable em embryos, they would have stuck around. Um, and then, yeah, a natural pregnancy. Um, but that was, years, right? We're talking a really long time. And I don't know if 
my fertility reconnected any sooner because of the time and what was going on with my husband's work. We didn't try naturally from when my son was born to the first time. It was actually the first time having sex, unprotected sex, that I got pregnant with our second son. So um, I don't know. It could have taken three months. It could have taken six months. It could have taken a year. I don't know. Um, But it was time. I gave my body time unknowingly to slowly make all these important changes. And um, I think that's why I do what I do now is that I have this knowledge and I can go, here it is. If you implement this, to your best ability, it's not going to take you years. It's not going to take you multiple failed IVFs. You can do this from the moment go and fingers crossed it's six months, maybe a year, depending on how deep your issue is that you can reconnect your fertility. Um, And I think it's funny, not funny. It's sad that we're willing to do round after round within six months to a year, but we're not willing to invest in ourselves in the long-term goal. And I just think, because a lot of people that come to me, they have tried some diet. They have worked on their their mind. They have some of the environmental toxins, some of that. But I think they haven't fully taken the whole functional approach and gone like deep into all those. So they may, because people saying to me, oh, I've already done all that. But if you haven't worked with a functional practitioner you you haven't done all of it and you may feel that you've done everything in conventional side of things but you're 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 missing a whole other side to this and it's not like it's no one's fault you'll find this when you're ready and we could be talking about this we could be on here for years talking about this stuff and maybe you just found it now and finally you're ready to listen Mm -hmm. right because i you know it's interesting when we're in that like myopically focusing on our infertility diagnosis. The doctor says the egg, you know, it's, it's not, not going to work that I can only do it this way. And maybe you won't, you won't even be able to take the blinders off and see what's, what's around you. But hopefully you're here right now listening to this, this podcast that, you know, there's other, other ways to look at this. And it's some of what you may have done. You just haven't connected the dots, right. To, to dig deeper into each of these things. Cause there has not been one person we've, that we've worked with where we're like, wow, everything looks great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think we can do anything. Yeah. There has not been that person. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we're not saying that everyone has to go as deep as we had to go. I think um, there's a perfect example on Instagram. You know, I follow a small group of people and this couples are both on Instagram and um, they made huge lifestyle and diet changes I think on their own accord, you know, I don't think they had anyone suggesting things, but he had low, um, low sperm count and mobility. And, um, he had, I think like a, like a, uh, I forget the word someone he went, sorry. The varicosal thing. No, he, um, no, he went to see someone and they weren't like a diet Terry specialist or anything. It was more like herbs and stuff, but she wouldn't give him the herbs until he stopped drinking, stopped smoking, stopped doing the late. She had this like thing of 10 things and he's like, okay. So he went away. He did it for three months. His 
surprise, surprise, his sperm improved. So then it's she a gave miracle. him. It, it improved. It's not a miracle. Yeah, it, it is a miracle, but it's not a miracle. Like there's, it, it improved. Cut the yeah. up. So she was doing it as well. You follow them on Instagram and um, they did two rounds of IVF and they both failed. They didn't get any um, in the freezer. <laughs> the story is insane. So she went to her OBGYN and um, wanted like the next step, right? Okay, we're going to take a break. We, we can't financially afford it, but let's just like regroup and then we'll come back in like 18, 24 months. And they're like, yep, fine, fine, fine. Uh, let's just do a scan. I think they were going to do an, the next step was kind of like um, to see what was going on on her lining. And she was fucking pregnant. She, he put it up and he's like, do you know that you're pregnant? And she's like, no. And they both oh like, were like, what goodness. the fuck? And she got pregnant two weeks after her failed cycle. So after her period. And um, he messaged me and I just said to him, I was like, dude, super stoked for you. But I'm not surprised. You guys put in the incredibly hard work that you needed to do to reconnect those fertility links. Like she had unexplained and he had low mobility. And I think there was like some other like issues, but they were achievably fixed by diet and lifestyle. Yeah. We've had people that, sorry, you know, it's donor eggs for you and they're pregnant naturally in four months with making some of these changes. So sometimes people, it takes longer. If there's autoimmune disease, sometimes that can take longer depending on how long it's been there for. But uh, other times it's like, you just actually go like, hardcore with a with a diet of food perhaps gluten that you're hardcore taking that out and you're pregnant so it gets it is different for everyone but yeah having someone being able that like detective to be able to yeah say, well what's been missed blood sugar is there thyroid is there iron why is your vitamin d low like all these different things well why 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 and then you can kind of go oh and you're like the light bulb is going off going oh damn i was told all that was normal Right. And I just, because they're saying like, well, we're shocked. And I'm like, well, because you don't have the knowledge that the, those are, that's what you had to do. Like, I just, I just wonder if you started, if the, that couple started working with someone before they went and did IVF and got all the picture together, yep. they would have say, I think they spent tens of thousands on, um, IVF, overseas IVF. And it's just like, I wonder if they would have just taken the time, had a little patience, really dug deep and gave themselves six months if they didn't have to go through all that. But some, like you say, sometimes we just have to, right? Like I know I would have, I, if someone would have sat me down at the beginning of my journey and said, change your diet, I'd be like, no, I'll just try IVF. I have unexplained. There's nothing wrong with me. Yep. I, I probably would have been the same. Then I didn't know this stuff then. Like I, you know, you and I discovered this, I discovered it like 10 years ago. So I don't know. I think now it's actually with keto and paleo, like those kind of things being more popular. I think people are more aware of how diet can help. Um, I think, you know, doing some of those things you do, you do want to dig, dig deeper and trying to figure it out by yourself can be confusing. And then yeah. you second, you second guess yourself. You're like, oh, it's not really working. I did <laughs> gluten-free for like two months and it didn't work. Well, yeah, we and that's the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing is like it's your IVF didn't work. So therefore it wasn't the diet and lifestyle changes. You know, yeah. like it's you're sitting there going like, no, the IVF didn't work. <laughs> like, yeah. And no, I, it's, it's confusing and frustrating and it's... um 
but it, that that it's like having someone to, to guide you along the way to know that you're not crazy that you're like yeah that that you've you've got this and to be able to um it's a pause it's it's not it's not i wouldn't even say it's a pause for six months because in those six months you're doing like foundational changes that'll like improve your 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 health forever yeah and why do we look at ivf moving forward anyways there's no guarantee it's not success rate right although you know sometimes there's i'm seeing that actually it's either sometimes people are saying that's like 70 percent success rate depending on what clinic you go to but like an average success rate of 30 percent and then like with IUI is like 10% and then people are doing mal- like I've had people doing like 15 IUIs yeah. where I've heard after like three, they're, 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 they're not helpful. <laughs> and with a 10% success rate, like why, why are we doing that? And we're taking metformin and reclomid and all these different drugs that are having all these different side effects. Like, I don't know. It's, it's just an yeah. interesting thing as to wh- why, why we're doing these things this 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 way like with if like with conventional medicine telling us this is the way it has to be the why when ivf fails you oh and i'm just kind of sitting there going like i didn't know ivf was like you know the answer to our issues like why are we putting it on ivf and it's their fault that we're not getting pregnant I don't understand why we're blaming IVF for our failures. And, you know, I get, um, I do these posts on Instagram about what fucked your fertility. And every time without fail, someone comments, that's, um, that's, uh, what do they say? That's not very positive. You're making women feel guilty and shameful that it's their fault, their infertility, you know, they have fucked up infertility. And I'm just sitting there going like, one, if I can make anyone feel any way, it wouldn't be guilt and shame. (laughs) And two, I'm sorry, like for a large majority of us, we are doing things unknowingly that is fucking our fertility. Yes, we don't know. We don't know until you, yeah. So I'm trying to get them to look at their life. Like I had to look at my life and go, okay, fair enough. The way I'm eating is fucking my fertility. Yeah. Fair enough. The way I'm thinking and all the mental and emotional um, issues that I'm having with myself is making me believe, not believe in myself, that I can't get pregnant, that I'm not good enough, that I'm not worthy enough. So yes, I'm sorry for a lot of us, we are fucking our fertility and we need to start taking charge and stop blaming IVF for failing us. Like, I'm sorry, we are failing ourselves. It's disempowering to do that. It's empowering to be like, oh, wait, okay, there's something I can do here. Yeah, the stuff I'm putting on my skin, that's fucking my infertility. Oh, the Clorox spray I'm spraying in the kitchen, that potentially could be screwing with you, you know, with, 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 with your infertility. Oh, the, the, the food that's not organic with all the pesticides, that could be messing with your fertility and your husband's sperm. You know, all, all these things that, um, but then we can do something about it. Right, you have so, the either power. you're an action-oriented person. You're like, damn, yeah, okay, let's do it. Or you go into the pity party, and it's kind of, and maybe you need to sit in a little pity party for a while. Sometimes, you know, we I do that in the, we have one of those um, in our in our mindfulness fertility series. There's a little slide we have going. Okay, are we having a pity party? And maybe, maybe we are, and maybe we need to have that for a little while, and that's okay. But then, you know, do you go down there for days, is it hours, days, weeks, 
months, years. Like we all go down to that dark cave, but yeah. how long are you hanging out down there feeling like crap? And that's where you need to like, someone's like, we're throwing you down the lifeline saying there's things you can do. And, and I guess you either take it or you don't. Yeah, exactly. And it is your mindset, you know, like, and what we've just talked about, like we have control. We don't have to go to the clinics and give them all the control. If you need to do IVF, then thank God it's there. And that's great, but maximize your chances, you know, and for most of us, you can do it. You can do this. And it's hard, like shit. I mean, we live in a society that is bombarding us with loads of toxins in our mouth, on our skin, in our head, in our air. But it is the fact that you have control over a lot of them and that you can do something about it. And I'm really kind of upset that we are now as a community blaming IVF for our failure to become a mother. I just, it really fucking pisses me off, but yeah, it's, I guess it's, where I'm it's, at. Um, like victim mentality, right? Where you're not a damn victim. You're, you're like an empowered couple who, who can, can take charge and, and make changes to, to focus on their preconception health. There's things you can do in a, in a targeted manner though. Targeted is the key. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is if you are listening to this podcast, you are taking control by listening to this podcast, right? Like, and, um, you know, I want to give you a little round of applause for that. Well done. Well done. You, (laughs) right. We're going to get off our soapbox and, uh, let you continue on with your day. Um, thank you so much once again for joining us and I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next week. Bye. A few more things before you go. If you like what we're doing, please leave a review and or a rating. We would greatly appreciate it and it would totally help us out. Also, if you'd like to connect with either of us, you can find me, Monica, over at mymindfulme.com and you can connect with Sarah over on fabfertile.com. All the links you need to find us on our websites, our social media, any products we talk about, book, special offers, or any guests that we have on, you're going to find all that information in the show notes. So that's it. Thank you once again for being with us here on the Infertile Diagnosis and have a beautiful day.